0: Yes, you can email the show at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire's Lair. Coming up this morning, two of my favourites, Georgie Crawford, who is a great friend of mine. I have watched her build her career in radio, get married, become a mum to Pia, battle breast cancer and come out the other side stronger and wiser. And she poured everything she learned into her podcast, The Good Glow, which has now hit Over 5 million downloads and she has expanded the brand into products and wellness courses. She joins me in studio in a little bit to tell me more. And Trisha Lewis began documenting her health journey on Instagram as Trisha's Transformation. Now with over 200,000 followers and two best-selling cookbooks, her no-nonsense, honest approach to health from the inside out for her head and her spirit as much as anything else is just infectious and she is gas crack. I am mad about her, so I can't wait to hear her thoughts on the need to reset from time to time, which is the name of her latest book. So what kind of health and wellness week did I have? Well, it was a big one. had the first of the family staycations. We went to Galway for a few nights with some friends who had kids of the same age as ours. And we did normal things like eat in a restaurant, uh, took the kids to the pool and the fun fair at Salt Hill. And it was so nice. Um, I got to see some friends who live in Galway. So to socialise and reconnect is just a joy. There is such health and wellness to be found in crack and banter with the people you love and who know you best. And I know, you know, it's a it's a privilege to be able to, to get away for a few nights and, and stay in a hotel. But any time you get a chance to break out of your routine, you should grab it. Uh, so... Whether it's just staying in a b and getting chips down on a beach, uh, doing it on the cheap, it is just a reset and it is so important that daily grind. And, you know, we've all done so much relaxing around our own homes um, during lockdowns and everything that to, to get out and to not have to think about what you're cooking for dinner that night and not have to do the things around the house, I have come back with a renewed sense of vigor. So, yes, would highly recommend. Also in my health and wellness news, I received my first vaccine. I have been Pfizered. I found it a strange but very well-organised experience. I went to the Helix in Dublin, so it's strange to be back to the place where we go to the Panto every year, only this time lining up in rows as if we're going to a festival, all wearing masks, heading for a vaccine in a global pandemic. I mean, you'd think I would be used to it now, but I still quite often can't believe that it's even a thing I heard the brilliant Mae Martin being interviewed on a podcast she wrote and stars in Feel Good on Netflix and she said when people ask how she's been in the pandemic it's like asking how it was to fall when you're still falling and I think that's a really good description we are still falling we're we're still processing we're still in it but as I said it was really well organized everyone involved was lovely and warm and friendly so Fair dues. If you are somebody working at a testing centre, at a vaccination centre, you're making what is a strange experience as good as it can be. And a tip to you all: do not forget to bring your photo ID. I had a slight panic and a detour. You can email the show alive and kicking at newstalk.com now, my next guest, Georgie Crawford, has been a guest on this show before to talk about life after cancer. After being diagnosed with breast cancer, age 32, Georgie turned her experience of coming through her darkest hour into a thriving podcast, The Good Glow, where she meets others who have come through tough times with stories to tell and strength they didn't know they had. And now she's beginning to grow The Good Glow into a brand and a movement and she joins me in studio now. Hello Georgie.
1: Hello, thanks for having me. I love this show. I listen every Sunday morning.
0: Well, that makes a pair of us then because I do love a Sunday download of The Good Glow. Also, one of my favourite weekly listens, I mean the guests you have on have just been incredible and like I say... They find something in them through the darkest of experiences. And that was always what you wanted, because that's what you would have liked to listen to when you were going through it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I shared my story when I was going through treatment of cancer. And because I shared my story, I was getting all of these messages from people who would say, I had cancer 10 years ago, if I could have given myself any advice, it would have been not to have worried so much about my cancer coming back or I'd hear from other people who went on to have children after treatment. And those stories always gave me a pep in my step and made me feel really hopeful. Um, So. When I was getting all of these messages, I was like, how can I share these stories? Because they exist. You know, people find light in the darkness. And I was sitting at my desk one day and I said, you know what, I think I'll start a podcast and I'll get people on to tell their stories um, with the hope that it would give other people inspiration or motivation. Um, So The Good Glow was born and thankfully it's gone from strength to strength. I'm so grateful for what it's brought to my life and all
0: the amazing people I've gotten to meet along the way. You had an amazing, um, there's so many stick out in my mind, but the most recent one I listened to was Eve McDowell talking about her stalking experience, really tough and terrifying stuff. But not only did she talk about how she's come through the anxiety she suffered around the time, stress management, but she's now pouring her experience into helping others and trying to reform the laws around stalking here in Ireland. And it is incredible how people find motivation in it. It's not like they want to shut the door on it. They use it as something to push them on.
1: Yeah, I was so inspired by Eve and her strength and bravery. She's so young. She went through such a horrible experience And yeah, like you said, she's determined to use that now to help other victims and um, to try to campaign for stalking legislation. I also spoke to this gorgeous girl called Holly Ryan, who was attacked steps away from her home. And she has now gone in. She's an intern in Dáil and She's trying to work on legislation for consent. And it's these young women who've been through experiences like that that are going to change the future and are paving the way for our children. And to sit down with with women like that is honestly inspiring for me. And I feel so privileged to be in the position to hear those stories.
0: And then is there... um a contradiction almost in wanting to move on from your experience, but then also wanting it to be what fuels you. I know you've had a couple of nasty comments online of people going, oh, geez, will you stop banging on about the cancer? So Mm -hmm. how do you reconcile with that? Not just the the negativity, which is always going to come from somewhere, But moving on from something or moving forward and then still having it be part of who you are. Mm -hmm.
1: I think having cancer and going through that experience has given me a real purpose in life. And of course, there's going to be people who don't really understand that when you get diagnosed with something like that, you, you don't get over it. It becomes part of your DNA and who you are and it changes everything about your life. So I think what I tried to do is... I tried to take the positives from my experience, which was just it's the the list is endless of the things that cancer taught me, how much it changed my life in terms of, you know, how I think about my life and how I look after myself. So there will always be people. I think especially in Ireland, you know, we tend to bury things under the carpet a little bit and maybe in the past, um, you know, cancer was referred to as the C word and things like that because it made other people feel uncomfortable. Um, But I think we need to talk about things. We need to all, to, we're all going through something and I don't think things should be brushed under the carpet. And if my experience can help somebody who is recently diagnosed, well, isn't that amazing?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know why you hide it. And yes, it does define you because it's shaped who you are. It's not the only facet in your life, but I think it's one of your absolute superpowers. Well, you're listening to Alive and Kicking here on News Talk with Claire McKenna. And I'm talking to Georgie Crawford about The Good Glow that started as a podcast and is now a thriving business. And you had a couple of live shows and you had just sold out the National Concert Hall and then COVID hit. Now, It has been rescheduled. But how was all of that? Because the momentum was building. As you Mm. said, you wanted to just start out sharing a few stories, helping a few people. It snowballed into millions of downloads. It became your one sole job and it just the momentum was building. So how did it feel to have it all slowed down?
1: I think it was pretty shocking, you know, last uh, March, April, when it felt like the rug was pulled from underneath all of us Um, and I think a lot of people had to kind of rethink their business and I certainly did thankfully because it's a podcast I could record remotely and it actually opened the world up to me in a way because before I would have thought, say, for example, if I wanted to interview someone from England, that I would fly, go, you know, travel to a studio, get the guests to come. And it opened up, you know, so much in terms of remote recording. And I all of a sudden was having guests on from New York and England and California and I realized whoa I couldn't actually make this work from home so uh, obviously all the live shows had to go but I I tried not to really focus on that I, I think the time that it has given me has made me reflect and I think it will be a different show when it comes back. Um, I've I've really enjoyed the time to kind of think about what I really wanted to focus on and you know my podcast is the core of my business we also developed our online course so yeah things did change a little bit but I think I really believe in timing and um, you know things happening for a reason so for us thankfully
0: we've been mainly unaffected by it. And it is rescheduled, as you say. And look, we're pals. I just couldn't believe that you were standing there surrounded by all those seats. And I bought tickets myself and then it just sold out. I I just must feel incredible that The Good Glow has such a following. Do you know, I started The Good Glow because I,
1: like I said at the start, I wanted to help maybe somebody who is feeling alone or... slightly misunderstood or you know people don't really understand what they're going through Um, and I thought it would connect with people who were going through something but then when I launched it I realised we're all going through something and it's been so nice you know to sit down say with Rebecca Horn, who we both know who's a broadcaster has been through multiple miscarriages and to say to her what helps you know what can we say when you're going through something like this because I personally have no experience of it but if my it happens to my friend I want to know what's the right thing to say or what's the right thing to do um, so I think it's really important to speak to women about their experiences so that we can help each other and grow together
0: And people always say how do you keep going? About anything, Mm. you know, my dad died at the end of last year and people are like, how are you getting on? But you do, you just end up putting one foot Mm. in front of the other with anything. So I think your message that people can come out of the other side of all kinds of darkness is really, really inspiring. And I'm not surprised that you can sell out the National Concert Hall. And I love that venues like that are holding events like that. I see uh, Miriam and Jerry Hussey are doing their soul space experience there. So yes to music, but also to wellness becoming something that people want to do on a Saturday night or on an evening for not just entertainment, but that they're going to take on their wellness as a night out. Yeah, and I think, you know, to
1: trigger an aha
0: moment. So, you know, I was reading
1: a book when I was when I was sick uh Oprah's book what I know for sure and it it triggered something in me and it actually just changed how I thought about my life and that's so huge that can have such an impact so the fact that you can get together with your friends Go on a night out and and to a wellness event, and and somebody could say something that makes you go, "Do you know what? I'm I'm actually going to do something for myself next week." And then that l- little thing that you do maybe turns into a healthy habit, and then slowly you're changing your life, and you're putting yourself higher on your own to do list because you deserve that uh, that's all I really wanted to do so yeah I can't even imagine I can't picture the national concert hall right now <laughs> I, I it's so overwhelming when I think about it um but I'm very excited for it and yeah Jerry Hussey as well and Miriam are you know absolute leaders in their field and I'm so inspired by their content and what they talk about. So I'll
0: definitely be going to that show too. Great. Well, maybe that'll be a night out. I need to take a break, but will you stay with me because there's a a wellness course and and other things going on with The Good Glow that I want to talk about. We'll take a quick break. Alive and Kicking on News Talk. Welcome back to Alive and Kicking on News Talk with Claire McKenna and I'm joined in studio by Georgie Crawford of The Good Glow. So, When did you begin to think about products or online courses with The Good Glow? When did it go from, you know, live shows and podcasts to maybe this can be something else?
1: So my husband, Jamie, came on board with The Good Glow at the end of last year, towards the end of the summer. And um, he's amazing. Um, He's so great at what he does Um, He ran media businesses for years and he came on to help me. So I'm just, I suppose I was just focused on the podcast and editing and producing it myself and um, running the kind of day to day content side of things. And Jamie came in and said, You know, I really think that we should create an online wellness course. And that was such a huge project for us. And it felt like a dream when we first started talking about it. And We spent months and months putting it together and I started to get really excited about it. And, you know, we originally had eight modules and then one day I woke up and I said, no, we need to scale it back. It needs to we need to focus on what helped me get through the last three years, the things that I focused on. So they are habits, joy, nourishment nature and self-worth they're the things that I've really focused on over the last few years so I was like that's what I want the course to be about so we got um, experts in their field in psychology and nutrition and nature therapy it was really important for me to have you know experts on uh, um in the course and so they came in and they presented Ted's TED talk style lectures and then afterwards we sit down and I um sit down with them for Q&As and we've meditations and visualizations and quizzes it's it, it it grew into you know something that I never even imagined it could be something we're so proud of and we filmed it over a week uh, and put all the content together and now i suppose for anyone who is starting out on a self-care journey and I always hear from people you know how do I change I want to be this happy healthy person but I wasn't diagnosed with cancer you know everything in my life is fine but I can't really get the motivation to change so that's what this course is about um and I'm so thrilled with the content we speak to Alison Keaton in it and she speaks about chronic and crisis mode and how um most of us are just in chronic mode, you know, she describes it as holding your hand over um, a hot ring on the oven. And, you know, things are okay, and you're surviving, but, you know, things could be better. And then crisis mode is when something sudden happens. So for me, it was the cancer, you know, I was forced to change. So how can we how can we change in chronic mode before we get to crisis mode? So there's so much that I learned from the course and how you can actually make time for joy in, in your Week, I thought you stumbled across joy so something happened and you would think oh that that brought me joy but Claudia Campbell the wellness psychologist speaks to us about how we can cultivate joy and how we can plan for joyful moments so that's what I wanted those little aha moments that made someone just think oh maybe that's achievable for me or maybe that's something I could lean towards in my life and bring in those gradual small lifestyle changes that can actually make a huge difference
0: and people might say, because, you know, you often talk about before, you know, yourself and, and Jamie, your husband has been on this uh, show as well, talking about a diagnosis he got with MS at 32. So you both did an overhaul of how you worked, the amount of stress you had in your life, how you ate, the exercise you took, spending time in nature. So when does it stop feeling like work? um When does it stop feeling like a project, a health project? And when does it just start feeling like Life.
1: I think that's where it comes down to me for healthy habits. So, in my recovery, you know, my oncologist sat me down and she's like, Georgie, you have to exercise. When she said that, I thought, oh God, I've put myself into this box of the non exerciser my whole life. You know, that's just not for me. And the more I thought about it and the more I learned about myself, I thought, why did I tell myself that I was a certain type of person my whole life? You know, we all have the ability to change. We have a right to change our mind. So one day I hopped up on the treadmill and I said, I'm just going to see if I can run for one kilometre. And I was running on the treadmill very slowly. But I could see in the reflection of the glass my, myself. And I had a really short buzz cut at the time. My hair had started to grow back. And I remember looking at myself thinking, I'm running on a treadmill And I told myself my whole life that I couldn't do this. And I actually held myself back and I was so proud of myself. The next day I went back, I said, I'll see if I can run for two. And after a couple of months, I was running four kilometres. And I think by doing things slowly and introducing one healthy habit at a time, can lead to a change in lifestyle as opposed to doing something drastic and saying, okay, I have to overhaul my diet, my fitness, you know, every part of my life. I did one thing at a time. So I started with the water to trying to drink two liters of water a day. Then I moved on to fruit and veg and just gave myself a target of five portions of fruit and veg a day. I didn't become a vegan or a vegetarian or anything. And then after a few months, the treadmill came in. And then a few months later, the cold showers came in. So I feel like I open up this imaginary wardrobe now in the morning and I'm like, which healthy habit will I pick today? Because it's definitely all about balance. I'm not eating, you know, five to seven portions of fruit and veg a day. I'm not drinking two litres of water a day. But if I could do one or two things a day, then I'm pretty happy and content. So it's definitely been gradual for me and nothing drastic.
0: And celebrating the small wins and congratulating yourself. And it does really prove that you can you can do anything and you can change everything at any stage and really being your own best friend and, and backing yourself in everything.
1: Yeah, I think it really came down to me getting to know myself again. I also told myself my whole life that I hated being outside because I didn't like being cold. And we actually did a run in the Alps last January and I ran 12 kilometres outside you know in the cold weather and I was running and the whole way up that mountain I said you know what you have a right to change your mind and that's all I did I just changed my mind but it, it's a hard thing to do you need support because you could be a little bit embarrassed to to take that leap I mean I was certainly embarrassed to start running down the road I don't know why but I was I think I thought those who who know me would have said but you're you're not a runner You know, you don't like exercise, but nobody did that. Uh, That was just in my head. Everyone supported me and rallied around me and cheered me on. And now I don't think twice about running down the road.
0: So you've still got great plans for the good glow. There's still loads more to come. And yourself and Jamie were on The Late Late Show a few weeks back talking about your surrogacy plans. You have gorgeous Pia and the next step for you guys is surrogacy, which is a, a major Project, But do you have this fire now from everything you've been through and all the guests you've had in front of you that the sky's the limit and you just have to give things a go?
1: Yeah, um, we decided during the first lockdown that we'd give surrogacy a go. I could come off this drug I'm on called tamoxifen and. Um, It's a cancer drug if I wanted to come off it and try for a baby naturally. But I think we decided, look, the doctors recommended I stay on this drug for five years. Let's give myself the best shot on that drug. And, um, you know, we'll try surrogacy. So, you know, it's weird. I'm a very emotional person. I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and I would get quite emotional about things very easily. But with the surrogacy... I don't know if I have oh, this. It's a wall or something, or it's so big that I can't quite get my head around it at the moment. Um, we're in the process of getting our embryos to the Ukraine, and I know the next step is going to be implanting my embryos in another person. And I and I think about how will I feel going to bed at night and my baby is in someone else's tummy on the other side of the world I don't even know how I'll cope with that but you know from all the stories that I've heard on my podcast where there's a will there's a way I'll figure it out I'll I'll hopefully one day have that baby in my arms I believe that will happen for us I know that I have such a mountain to climb before I get there um but I'm excited for what this experience will teach me. I know I'm going to have to dig deep again. I, I, I felt like there's certain times in my life where I've really had to dig deep, like when Jamie was diagnosed with MS, with my cancer. This seems like another thing that I'm really going to have to dig deep and who knows what I'm going to learn about myself along the way and who knows what it's going to teach us as a family. I do know that I really believe that this little baby will make an appearance next year. Please, God, I believe that everything happens for a reason. But it's certainly massively overwhelming at the moment.
0: Yeah, as every mountain is. But like you said, with everything, it's one step at a time. So Mm. your first step was make the phone call. Your second step (laughs) was get the embryos there. Then there'll be another step and you'll just go one at a time and what a great team you are and the good glow will just continue to to shield you I imagine
1: and there's so much good in the world I have met so many amazing women over the last three years like myself and you Claire have even gotten so much closer over the last few years and we haven't really seen each other that much but that's what happens I think when when you're in the depths of it and something bad happens in your life all of these amazing people start appearing around you and I opened my heart to that I shared my story and I was so scared about that because I didn't know what reception I'd get thankfully for me it has been one of the most amazing things I always say if I die in two or three years you know it's that what has happened to me in the last three years has has been a lifetime of joy a lifetime of love and I just hope that my daughter one day can see I'll be proud of me because I have hopefully paved the way for her to take better care of herself and for her to love herself um and and she is so loved and it's brought me and my family didn't think it was possible for us to get any closer but we are and like I said you know the women that I've had on my podcast I have such a bond with a a lifetime bond that we share and um, I have learned just how beautiful the world
0: is. Yeah and you've really truly lived because that's life isn't it? Mm. Well look continued success uh, which I'm sure is bound to come. If you want to find out more about The Good Glow, listen to the podcast, sign up for the wellness course, go to thegoodglow.ie. Georgie, pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you. Coming up after the break, Tricia Lewis of Trisha's Transformation on her second book, The 21 Day Reset.